الحمد لله الحمد لله العزيز الأكبر لا راد لما قضاه ولا دافع لما قدر وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن سيدنا ونبينا ومولانا محمد عبده رسوله أرسل الله تعالى إلى كافة الناس بالحق بشير ونذيرا وداعيا إلى الله بإذنه وسراجا منيرا أما بعد الله سبحانه وتعالى guides us throughout our lives Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guides us in everything we do everything that is microscopic everything that's macroscopic Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent revelation wahi to the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam so that he may guide us and that's what he did he guided us in each rakat of every salat that we offer, we say, Ihdil sirat mustaqim. Allah guide us onto the right path. So this guidance is a necessary commodity and value in life that even though you're in guidance in salat, how much more guidance do you want when you're actually in front of Allah and worshipping Him and then in that state of actual guidance you are saying to Allah guide me and guide us this is the question we should ask so what is the meaning of this that while we are engaged in the ultimate guidance worship of Allah and reciting Surah Fatiha which is the dialogue between us and Allah what are we asking for? We're asking for further guidance. Meaning that after Salat, I still need you, Ya Allah, to guide me in all of the other affairs. From now until the next Salat. And then in the next Salat you ask the same. And then you want guidance from that Salat until the next. So it's continuous. It is perpetual. We assume that we are not in need of guidance, not through our Aqeedah. As part of our Aqeedah, our faith and value system, we believe we need guidance. But in our behavior, in our attitude, in our appropriation of guidance. Now what does actually mean, what, what does it mean to be guided by Allah and the Rasul and by the Quran and by Islam? What does it mean? This is a question I believe Muslims must ask. Not just at an individual level, but also at a social level, at a community level and every other area of life where we have now events unfolding in front of us where Muslims are being persecuted, tortured, oppressed throughout the world where Muslims are now marginalized in this country so there's guidance there we ask Allah to guide us in those tests and trials that life is a test 
And every time there's a test, we must choose between what is right and what is wrong. That is the test. And then we must choose between guidance and misguidance. But then you must ascertain what is guidance in this issue. I am confronted with this news that Muslims are being oppressed in this part of the world. What do I do? What should I do? What is my guidance in that respect? And then we must follow the guidance. It's not just knowing what the Quran says, it's actually following that and submitting to the will of Allah and then sacrificing our ego, sacrificing our opinion or theory in favor of divine guidance. That is our Islam. Islam means to submit to Allah and His will. So if there's an issue in the community which requires guidance and every issue requires guidance, then we must submit to what Allah wants, what the Rasul says and the parameters within which Muslims have operated in the past. This is our guidance. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He is our maker, He is our Lord. And most of all, he is our guide. So what I am about to say is that there are many issues that our communities face microscopically. I mean the macro. I've hinted towards the macro. I don't micro. In this community, there are some issues. Issues of how perhaps Young men and women are not able to get married. There should be guidance there. What is the problem? What are the reasons why young men and women aren't able to get married that easily? Is it because there are certain social standards or community has standards? Or that the community does not on the whole accept that marriage should be facilitated and marriage should become as difficult as, as possible. The standards by which we approach our young generation in terms of marriage, maybe they're misguided. What do we need in a spouse that needs to be addressed through the Quran and Sunnah? And then that has to be facilitated, not in a vacuum, not in abstract by giving lectures or sermons, but in time and reality. That how did the Sahaba see this? How were they guided? How were the early Muslims guided with regards to this phenomenon? It is an issue, it's a big issue. And if you don't believe me, just look at all oh, the matrimonial services online that have hundreds if not thousands of candidates and people waiting until they're 27, 29, 30, 35, 40 years because marriage has not been addressed through guidance.
through the hidayah. So when you're standing in front of Allah and you're saying, Ihdina Sirat Mustaqeem, this is one area where you need the Sirat Mustaqeem. And if we don't do that as a community, we will fall short of our responsibility and we will all be accountable in front of Allah. So those standards of how to choose a spouse, never mind the theatrics when the actual wedding takes place, where people actually take out a mortgage to pay for the function of the marriage. 30,000, 40,000, 50,000 is a no-brainer for most people in Chicago. But what, what are you doing to those people who can't afford that kind of lavish, extravagant ceremony? What do they do? Do they also borrow money to facilitate, facilitate some essential component of life? Or is there another way to approach this? There's a simple way, which I'm not going to highlight here, but I just want you to think about it. That in this issue, guidance must be sought. The right path must be not only understood, but adopted. And that's how we will save the community from zina, from fornication. Premarital sex is a disease. And we don't have to be acting as holier than thou and assume it doesn't happen. The problem is we just throw all our problems, sweep them under the rug, and the rug is elevating all the time. And we don't see those problems as a problem. Or whatever. Whenever the right person comes along. So we must be careful that in this institution of marriage, which requires tremendous guidance, and the guidance is there, we must not exonerate ourselves by assuming we don't need to do anything. Because we do. And what we need to do more than anything is get the macro right. This is the micro problem. Get the macro mindset of marriage correct. Where the mindset of marriage must not be tied to lavish, extravagant ceremonies. That's not the mindset. The mindset of a Muslim is to simplify life. Is to facilitate life. Is not to complicate life. And whatever securities you need, you need from Allah and the Rasul and guidance. Where the early Muslims, mashallah, until recently, we were okay. We never had this problem 50 years ago, where you couldn't get married. Now there's a problem. So even though boys and girls are mixing and mingling, and even though we have exposure, and even though we have matrimonial services, people still don't get married. And whose fault is that? Well, we all have to pay. Mother, father, child, the community, community leaders, whoever is part of the Muslim Ummah, they all have a stake in this because if we do not stop zina, Allah's punishment will come. That's from the Prophet.
When Allah wants to send punishment, then there is a tremendous amount of zina. Fornication, premarital sex, and whatever makes you feel good is okay. And people want to then justify all their sins in the name of Islam. So as long as you have an Islamic label to this product which is sin, you're okay because somebody else has validated that sin for me, which is a bigger crime than the actual fornication itself. So we must appreciate that guidance is not something that is abstract, is not something that we can walk away from. We make dua, ihdin salat al-mustaqeen al-salat, and that's the end of life. No. Guidance is very serious. It is very purposeful. It gives you a meaning to your life. And the greatest meaning is to have a safe, sound, secure family. The cornerstone of every civilization is that you have a family. And if you don't facilitate the process by which you're going to create a family, then there is no infrastructure in the community. And we must seek Allah's fadl and His rida and His pleasure. And we must think about this. Maybe we don't have all the questions, but at least get the mindset correct. That we should do something in our individual families and family gatherings and settings and dinners where we talk about this. How can we facilitate this for our children? Are there too many stipulations? Are there too many expectations? Is it because we simply don't want to give in to the simple method of finding a spouse which is in the sunnah? Which is in the Quran. Where is our guidance? And if guidance is there, then as I said, the most important feature of a Muslim is to submit his intellect to Allah's will. We all have degrees. We have a bachelor's degree, we have a master's degree, we have a PhD, and we have fellowship, and we have everything under the sun. We're all educated and sophisticated, but that doesn't help when you're following guidance. Because guidance means you submit your intellect and your theory if it goes against Allah and His Rasul. That is your Islam. That is the meaning of the word Islam. Islam means to submit. And this is the mindset we should be thinking to create within ourselves, within our family members. That's where it starts. And we make dua that Allah gives us tawfiq. To do what pleases him the most. Amin. Amin.